You are listening to Something Rather Than Nothing. Creator and host, Ken Vellante. Editor and producer, Peter Bauer. It was a crash course because I was like, I want to find out the story of Cool Papa Bell, but you never know what's out there. And I, I get involved in a lo- reading a lot of things. So I look up and just happenstance, this book came out a few years ago. And then I read about the author who died a few months before its release. Right. Which I didn't even know any of this. Um, and listening to the, the book, which I really enjoy, but it's interesting because the introduction is, is, is like poetry. It's like, look, the legend is in there. There's some facts in there. We got some box scores, we got some legend, and it's like, it's gonna be all these type of things, but it's in there. Cool Papa Bell is in there, and you know, it's like, that's an interesting approach, you know? And the history isn't there in spots, but we have more of it now than we ever would have. Uh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, new stuff comes to light uh, all the time. I mean, especially with, with players like Bell, uh, you know, and you have a lot of. Uh, a lot of baseball researchers who who kind of specialize in in Negro leagues and and uh, and uncovering things and it's it's funny because it's it's I, I kind of feel like if you're in into baseball if you're into the history of it and learning about it I feel like there's never been a better time to kind of be into it I, I just think that there's so many different uh, you know different avenues that you can kind of go down that you probably wouldn't have been able to go down before you know whereas you just have you'd have like one or two books on a subject and and you know maybe a first-hand account but now it's like you have that times everything on the internet and you know interviews and all that stuff is just you know the tip of your fingers yeah and it's like data information and kind of like you can put out the fishnet uh, yeah exactly yeah this is uh Ken Vellante with something rather than nothing. And uh, I got to tell you, I'm really excited. Uh, I got uh, Greg Kreinler, um, a painter uh, uh, who uh, does a lot of depictions of uh, historical uh, baseball figures and portraits and uh, scenes. Uh, Greg, great pleasure to welcome you to the podcast. Thank you, Ken. Thank you so much for having me. Yeah. Thanks for staying up late. Or I guess I'm staying up late. But well, yeah, the East Coast, <laughs> yeah, East Coast guy. Well, it's it's great to chat and fit in some time here to chat about uh, you know philosophy, art, baseball. It's all in it's all in your work. Um, but prior to getting into the conceptual stuff and and, and getting into all the different things uh, you do with your painting, were you an artist when you were born? That's a great question. I here's the thing. I I kind of. I started drawing when I was very young. Uh, you know, I probably was, you know, seriously, quote unquote, seriously drawing when I was three or four or something like that. And I think I always kind of had a, um, I, I hesitate to use the word talent, but there was, you know, a little bit of a, of a talent or a gift there uh, that I guess kind of just, gave me more of a natural proclivity to drawing yeah uh but you know i as i tend to think uh you know now with talent and and gifts and things like that i I really think that you can have that but it's kind of up to you to to kind of you know fan that flame and 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 build on it and and that's kind of where 
you kind of shine. You know, it's like you you only have so little of that gift, and it's really in your hands the rest of the way. Uh, so I, I think, in that sense, I think that somewhere inside of me, I, I was an artist. You know, when I was born, and I think I kind of, uh, you know, pulled it out of me. Uh, uh, you know, over twenty, thirty years, I guess I'm still pulling it out of myself, <laughs> trying to figure out where I am with it. But uh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Yeah, we um on the on podcast recently. I mean, there's certain themes that have come up, and it, some of them have to do about kind of history or coming from uh, from artists or or not having a history or connection to art and how you develop. Um, but also, you know, uh, as a, as another matter, like you said, around uh, you know talent and you know having a proclivity or an ability, and then whether you get to develop that or not, right? Whether it's cultivated, uh, identified cultivated and and that and it's 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 great to hear you know how you recognize that, that you know something was there and you know looking to you know looking to build on that so um obviously we're going to get into the baseball stuff and and, and we talked about as a, a primary piece of you know what you create but did we we always doing that when you were creating something or we starting to paint when you were younger i mean was it was it i'm gonna you know, put baseball together and, and painting and that's it for me? Or how did it develop with your subjects? Well, so, okay. So I, I grew up in, in the eighties and, uh, you know, I was born in 1980. So, uh, the first drawings that I remember doing were kind of, uh, the cartoon characters that I, that I was you know, watching on television. Uh, you know, whether that was He-Man or, or GI Joe or, or Thundercats, stuff like that. Uh, you know, I, I remember my parents literally taping some of the episodes uh, off of the television and and I would kind of play them back over and over again. And I would kind of pause them, you know, at this spot where you just had a, you know, a nice portrait of He-Man or, you know, maybe him doing this, hor you know, heroic pose. And I would just sit in front of the in front of the television and I would draw. And, uh, you know, I, you know, you mentioned you mentioned before that uh, that, you know, art was kind of it was kind of a, uh, it was cultivated. Uh, you know, I, I'm really lucky in the sense that I have two parents who were always very supportive of that. You know, they're always supportive of me being an artist or me drawing. Uh, you know, they took my brother and I to museums all the time and, you know, like Broadway shows. It's like, you know, we were, we were getting cultured and a lot of, uh, a lot of my friends weren't getting those same kinds of experiences that uh, uh, that we were. So I'm, I'm very lucky in that sense. But uh, the baseball thing, it kind of, it, it started uh, a couple of years later, I think, you know, when I was five or six or so, uh, I discovered what was left of my father's baseball card collection. Mm. So he he was born in 1944 and grew up in New York City. And he was collecting uh, the, you know, he was collecting baseball cards, I guess, in the late 40s, early 50s. Uh, and these were kind of like, you know, the, the Bowman and Topps issues of the day. Uh, and each card, I'd say maybe not each card, but for the most part, those sets were, uh, were illustrated. They weren't necessarily done from photography. So I think when I discovered some of his baseball cards... I, I guess I, I noticed that, you know, it, it, I noticed that 
let's say the cards he had from the 40s or 50s or whatever were different from the cards he had you know from the 80s these were drawn these were illustrated these were were painted so i think subconsciously something kind of clicked and i thought that it was something that i could do not you know not as a vocation not as a job not as a career but you know i could draw maybe i could draw mickey mantle you know for my dad because he loves mickey mantle uh and you know i'd get like the proverbial pat on the head uh good job son. <laughs> <Yeah>. uh so <clears throat> i did that uh for a bit and uh you know still kind of you know just getting uh getting a little bit older and um into different things you know i kind of like i went through puberty and and got into comic books and got really you know weird around girls and uh you know, all of a sudden I'm like this kid who is not necessarily drawing all the time, but but is kind of known for being an artist, for being a draftsman. Right. And I guess at the time I kind of figured I would do something as a career with it. I just didn't know what. Uh, and that was when I kind of learned about uh, being an illustrator. Uh, I specifically kind of gravitated towards being a uh, a science fiction and fantasy book cover illustrator because I, yeah, I kind of always been in love with uh, those are great yeah. with that stuff yeah like that that visual storytelling it just the look of that it's just right in my wheelhouse and I, I went to the School of Visual Arts in Manhattan for college and that was kind of like that was where I was going to go uh, but. You know, a couple of years into it, uh, I, you know, I was working my butt off and it just, at some point I just realized that I didn't love doing that kind of subject matter. It didn't really, it didn't tug on my heartstrings the way that I thought it should. And, and it, everything kind of just became more of a, of a struggle, it became more of a struggle to do those paintings and to do that kind of work. So I, I floundered for a bit, you know, I still kind of worked on my, my technical chops, so to speak. And, uh, you know, here I am senior year of school and I, I don't really know exactly what I'm going to do when I graduate because I don't want to be a science fiction fantasy book cover illustrator anymore. I don't know what I want to paint. Mm -hmm. Uh, so I'm, I'm in class one day. Uh, this is kind of like my general portfolio class. Uh, and the teacher gives uh, an assignment uh, to everyone in the class to illustrate a relationship. And for whatever reason, uh, the first thing that I thought of was the relationship between a batter and a pitcher. And, you know, all of a sudden, it's kind of like I went back to being a young kid again, looking at my father's baseball cards. And I ended up you know, getting involved with research uh, and, 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 you know, thinking, okay, let's make a painting of Mickey Mantle for my dad, you know, just be, it'll be just like it was when I was, when I was a young kid. And I made this painting and I absolutely loved it. I, yeah. I loved everything about it. Not, not yeah. the painting itself. I mean, I was happy with the painting, but uh, the process of doing it, you know, the research that went into it, like everything, I don't want to say that it was effortless, but it just, it hit all of those notes that I wanted, I guess, art to hit for me. Right. And kind of 
that's what it's been like for the past, uh, this is, this was 2002 that I did that painting, uh, at SVA and basically I've been doing it since then. It's just been baseball. It's like that, that was kind of like the turning point where I realized that baseball is kind of where my heart is and that's where I want to be. Yeah. Yeah. And I, uh, I, um, I had actually, until you, until you had brought up, I had actually forgotten about some of the older baseball cards, as you mentioned, being painted. And now I, I'm connecting it more how I've seen the type of representations that you have. But remember how it was a particular style even back then of, of, right. of, of, uh, painting the, uh, of painting the players. Um, one of the things I wanted to ask you, Greg, is, um, is, in, in your, you talked about the research that's in your process, and I, I'd imagine you don't want to like get into all the details of the research. But one of the th- one of the things I was wondering is, um, you have what I've read about is kind of like a measured approach to like capturing the accuracy of like what's going on there, right? So like for our modern eyes with all the different colors and all this type of thing, but you have a photograph, but you're also trying to capture the color or how it looked um right. how does that happen i've had a lot of great conversations with painters about color and things like how, what goes on right there because i think that has to be part of the magic in the universe that's right in there yeah well that that's kind of a big part of it for me uh or a big part in you know in that attempt <laughs> uh because the majority of the work that i'm doing uh it's uh, you know baseball players that to most people kind of only exist in like this drab black and white world. Uh, so a lot of the photography that I work from is black and white. Uh, so the, the research that kind of goes into it, uh, you know, just from kind of like a, from a practical standpoint. So that kind of thing happens where I'm, I'm, I'm searching, I'm scouring, should I say, the internet, or I'm looking through my files. I'm, I'm trying to look for examples of, let's say, a specific jersey from a specific year. You know, what does the jersey look like? What color should the jersey be? You know, what color is the trim on the jersey? Uh, if it's a ballpark, you know, what what did the ballpark look like this particular year? Because you know, sometimes ballparks would be renovated and, and the signage, the advertisements that you would see in a ballpark sure, yeah. would usually change from year to year. So I, I would try to kind of, I would try to kind of focus on getting those details right, especially in color, because basically I, I have access to a lot of whether it's kind of like color home movies or, uh, or color photography, you know, just, just from, you know, 20 years of building like a library, uh, chances are if it's from, you know, let's say the 1940s on up, I can usually find the proper color reference that I need, uh, to kind of, you know, imbue into the painting, but it, it kind of goes, it kind of goes beyond that in that, I'm trying to kind of recreate a scene and I'm in doing so, not only do I need things to kind of be historically accurate with colors, but I have to kind of be aware of what, I guess, what is affecting these colors 
and for me that is kind of always uh involving light so i have to kind of be conscious of of how the light is going to affect the colors of these things in the particular piece that i'm making so you know a, a sign might look complete like a yellow red and blue sign might look completely different you know if it's if it has sun shining on it than it would say on kind of like an overcast day and i think being sensitive to that sort of thing is is part of uh it's a big part of the process um you know when i was in school i did a lot of drawing uh and painting from life which you know you, you tend to do in art school you know drawing and painting from a model all the time or, or you know drawing and painting outside and when i was doing it i i it's kind of like i was doing it because i i'm in a class and i'm trying to kind of just become a better painter and i'm trying to learn how to paint you know quote unquote realistically um, but what i realize now is that i was kind of learning i guess why i was painting these things the way i was painting them or why they looked the way that they looked you know why why is uh, painting a model that is uh, being illuminated by like northern light why is that different than painting a model that's being you know illuminated by sun whatever right so i had to take that kind of thinking and put that into the baseball stuff so it's it's kind of like a mishmash of of all of that you know with being accurate to the moment you know getting the light right getting the you know the, the the weather right getting the temperature right but also making sure that the colors of a particular jersey or scene or whatever are accurate to you know what actually existed you know making mickey mantle look like mickey mantle making a a, a 1955 jersey be uh you know as baggy as it needs to be compared to one from 10 years later yeah, yeah. So it's just like the minutia that, that, you know, like we were talking about before, the minutia that, that baseball fans and history lovers are really, really anal about. Yeah, it's like you, you can't get enough of the, the, inf the information and uh, more, you know, the, the rest of the story. Hey, right. uh, Greg, I want uh, – uh, so – I mentioned you know, James, James Cool Papa Bell at the Negro Leagues, my 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 favorite player. He's also a player who I never saw play. <laughs> I've read about and I've read the legends. I've heard the stories, all these different sources. Um, and and so I uh, see your painting of uh, James Cool Papa Bell and uh, your connections in these depictions in the in the Negro Leagues. And I am floored. I like I, I, I it's 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 an amazing piece. And I say, thank you. What uh, you're welcome. I say, what a work of art. But Greg, what what is art like for me? That that <laughs> all that's in, all that's in there for me. You caught it. I'm like that. It, it did it from. But for you, what what's art? What, what's going on there? What's going on? Uh, what's art? Oh man, that's, that's a tough one. Um, you know, I never, it's like, I, I never really thought about what art was or, or, or what art really meant to me. I never was really able to kind of articulate it. Uh, but I, I think 
with the kind of work that I do, you know, I'm trying to kind of communicate with people who are, you know, who are viewing the works and I'm trying to kind of, this sounds corny, but it's, it's true. I'm, I'm trying to elicit, you know, an emotional response. So, you know, I, I want the person to think of their, you know, mother and father, you know, bringing them to a game when they were five or, you know, uh, to think of, uh, you know, what life was like in the sixties or, or whatever. It's, I feel like that's, that's what art is to me. It's, it's just something, you know, it doesn't, it doesn't have to be a painting or a visual thing. It's just, I feel like it's just something that, that is created and, you know, and, and elicits some sort of emotional response. Yeah. That yeah. makes sense. It's, it's like such a broad, you know, definition, but, uh, that's kind well, of what all, we, all I end up, you know, I think at, at a certain point too, a lot of times I end up talking about like, um, like healing, creation, uh, processing, emotions, getting things out, the process getting things out, the end result getting things out, you know, so it, it is um, a lot of the answers definitely get um, get into that uh, into that territory. I wanted to ask about. Um, uh, you know, and I encouraged all the listeners to to, to check out uh, Greg's uh, uh, all his paintings. Um, but I wanted to reference back again to the to the Negro Leagues uh, painting, and on the on the question of what I had mentioned uh, about you know legend and lore and fact and all the deep social issues and exclusion and and stardom and all the things that went on with the Negro Leagues uh, baseball. With that record being incomplete and with the kind of, you know, what's known, what isn't known, when you get to the point of like how you're trying to represent them, was that a more difficult problem to, or did you feel more responsible to try to extract that or bring that out with those paintings? Well, I, you know what? I, I'm lucky in that I kind of knew where I was going with those paintings. I mean, all of them, they were commissioned by a, a collector who is, uh, is actually based out in the Pacific Northwest uh, in Seattle, uh, who is a big, he's, you know, he's a huge baseball fan, and he's very much into the Negro Leagues and Latin American Leagues and, and whatnot, and, and it was really because of, of him that, that I took on that project. But I... I think what I set out to do when I first started painting uh, these players, not uh, not Negro Leaguers specifically, but I just mean painting baseball players to begin with, I was always really concerned with depicting them uh, in an honest way. Uh, and the whole idea, you know, that you mentioned that we, we talked about a little bit with, with myth and legend in baseball, I, I do... I do appreciate that that is there, but that's not really the kind of stuff that I want to depict. So in a way, uh, I like giving, I like giving the viewer the opportunity to kind of, to come to their own conclusion about the player. So I don't want to like take any of my 
whatever nonsense I have going on in my head and, and make a, a work of art or whatever that, that reflects that. So there's, there's this story. I don't know. I don't know if you've ever heard it, but this, this had a profound effect on me and kind of how I, how I do this stuff. Um, it's, it's about uh, Red Barber and when Red Barber was told by Branch Rickey, I think it was in 1940, might've been in 47 or it might've been in 45 when Robinson was actually signed by the organization. I don't remember, but anyway, uh, Branch Rickey told uh, Red Barber that Robinson was coming and, you know, Red Barber was, you know, the, the play-by-play announcer for the Dodgers. So he was, you know, he was going to be talking about Robinson and he, Red Barber, he, you know, he grew up in the South, you know, he went to like segregated schools and, and, you know, you could say that he was kind of, uh, I don't want to say that he was a bigot, but you know, he, he was a product of his time and he probably had, you know, misgivings about mm-hmm. Robinson coming over and, and kind of integrating the game. And he kind of had a hard time, with that in the beginning he had a hard time with uh i guess being okay with the fact that he was going to be talking about robinson and he tells this story about uh recalling his first world series that he that he covered which was in uh, 1935 and he, along with uh, all of the other, you know, newspaper men and, and announcers that were covering the thing, they get called into the office by uh, Kennesaw Mountain Landis, you know, who was the commissioner at the time. Sure. And and Landis is saying, you know, that your job here is to report. You know, if if somebody makes a bad play. Um, then, you know, you are to talk about the play. You're not supposed to give your opinion about it, you know, and saying that, you know, this player made a dumb decision or, you know, boneheaded play or whatever. If, if a player, you know, comes up to me in the stands and spits in my face, you know, you are just to report and, you know, leave, I think the phrase was, you know, leave your opinions in your hotel room. And, Barber says that when he remembered that, when he thought of that moment, he was able to kind of, I guess, be at peace with the fact that he was going to kind of talk about Robinson and, you know, kind of go through his uh, conversion. Um, and that's kind of, that's kind of how I look at my work and, and what I try to do is that I just, I try to just report, you know, I try to kind of, be as honest and accurate as I can be with those players and just let the viewers, you know, kind of do what they're going to do with it. It's just my job to be like a conduit for that information. Yeah. I think, um, I think in, 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 in just that, that approach, I think, um, there's that approach has made me think a lot, uh, recently, I think of like, maybe like, we're talking about all the information like that we're able to gather and, and, and things, you know, baseball being like that obsessed about uh, data and information, but there's also stuff that seems to be slipping away, you know, because there's less storytellers like out of the Negro league tradition. So when I was a kid, you know, I wrote the cool Papa bell and I got his autograph. Like he 
was going blind. His sight was going in and out. And when his sight was in, Cool Papa Bell is writing to me and my brother, two white boys out in Rhode Island, sending us his the autograph. And we and, awesome. and you know we have that. But as I've thought about some of those experiences in my childhood and some of the interactions or meeting players and things like that, baseball history is one thing. History as a whole, like things seem to be kind of slipping away at a time where kind of like overwhelmed. And I guess what I'm pointing to is like my appreciation maybe right now for your approach of maybe, you know, seeing it for how, how it was and how it looked like there's something attractive about that. Oh, um, thank you. <laughs> yeah. It. Nowadays, it seems, I don't know. It's, uh, it's, 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 a, it's kind of a sense that, it, that I have. Um, I got a question, uh, Greg, that I've been asking guests lately and it's, a it's, um, it's, it, it has to do, well, let me ask the question. Sure. What do you think your art is? And what do you think other people think your art is? Oh, wow. What do I think my art is? Um, okay. What do you, what do you mean? What do I think it is? Or is that up to me to decide? <laughs> no, no. The idea is like, uh, to bring in a uh, great question is to bring in intent, right? Like the intent of like what you're trying to do. And the way I look at this question has to do with like, I have an intent towards it. And then if I'm putting it out there, people are like talking about it this way or, or, or that way, or, or it's just, you feel there, it has a life of its own. That's not connected to you. I'm guessing maybe though, you feel like a little bit more of a closer connection with you, the intent of what you're trying to put out with your art and what, how people are receiving it. And, and right. that's a good thing, but I don't want to answer it for you. So, <laughs> right. right. <laughs> uh, well, I mean, you know, the intent, I, I, I guess, uh, I, you know, I, I, I might've mentioned this phrase before. Um, so excuse me if I'm repeating myself, but I think, I think giving people, you know, a window to kind of peer into the past. I think that's, that's kind of the intent. Um, from what people tell me or from what I see, you know, on, on social, or I, I guess, you know, people who were into my work enough where they want to, you know, hang it in their homes, if they want to own it. Uh, I like to think that I guess I'm doing an okay job. Um, it's, but it's hard for me to kind of accept that I'm doing an okay job. And this might sound crazy, but you know, I'm, I'm very much a, a perfectionist and, you know, being, I guess, uh, you know, a student of art, it's like, I, I, I know about all of these other artists who, you know, been dead for however long they've been dead for, but, you know, people who I admire who are absolute beasts, you know, like giants in the field for whatever reason. And I just know that, you know, on a, on an artistic technical level or, or even kind of conceptual level, I could never touch where they are. You know, I couldn't wash their brushes. I like to say, and I'm just, I'm, I'm, kind of uber critical of, of all the stuff that I do. 
and I always kind of want to get better and I always try to get better, but still it's like the end result it's, and you know, maybe this is because maybe it's because I create it. Um, it's just, the end result is just not good enough. If that makes mm -hmm. sense. Just, it doesn't like if people think that, that, that these paintings are, are kind of, you know, uh, transporting back, transporting them back to an earlier time. And they think that that's really effective. I usually think that I've failed in doing that in some way. I mean, that's also, you know, part of my own, uh, like I said, you know, obsessive nature and, and the fact that well, I'm the drive. Kind of <laughs> yeah, well, well, and the nervous drive, I mean, the dynamic you describe, I'm very familiar with it. It's this nervous drive of whether it's towards perfection or towards doing it right or towards doing it better or towards absolutely, you know, absolutely making that portal the right way. Yeah. That nervous energy, you know, can keep you going. And I talked to a lot of artists about that and with the nature of the question, which is, you know, is, is, is an odd little question, but I'll tell you, like, you know, I've asked it and folks be like, look, I make my art. I don't, I don't give a crap what anybody thinks. <laughs> you know, like, you know, or others are like, there's, they're like so compelled on like, I am an artist. I have to put out stuff. People seem to enjoy it, whatever. And they're just like this, you know, like putting out art and everybody likes it. And other folks could be like, here's what I'm trying to do. And I haven't talked to one person in five years who understood at all, <laughs> you know, and, um, you know, so I think it, it's not to it's also in a certain sense not to problematize, but also recognize that you put something out there, then you, you get kind of giving it away a little bit and people start to, you know. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, you're, you're giving it's like you're giving people a part of yourself uh in a way and it it's so it's just it's so weird you know being uh being an artist or just being a creative or, or whatever because everybody everybody just has a different way of doing whatever it is that they're doing and everybody thinks of it differently than the other person and you know for me it's like i love doing what i'm doing i love doing these paintings of baseball players you know, it's my passion. It's what I, I have to do it. Like I, you know, when I don't do it, I get, I know that things aren't right. And, and I feel like, I feel like a, a failure or whatever. It's like, I just, I feel good when I'm working. Yeah. Um, but you know, at the same time, I'm also like, Oh God, this painting is, is garbage, you know, because it doesn't look like a, a Rockwell or it doesn't look like, you know, a John Singer Sargent painting or whatever. And sometimes <laughs> you know, you mentioned the thing about like not, you know, being able to talk about it uh, to anyone for five years. Sometimes I get, I feel the same thing because, uh, because I don't, like I have a few artist friends, but I don't have many. And, and it's like when I, when I get to, you know, hang out with them, I feel like we get to speak a language that, that I can't speak with other people. Sure. So, you get to flesh things out with them. You get to talk about, you know, qualities of, of, you know, this pigment in this brand of oil paint, as opposed to the same pigment in another brand of oil paint. <laughs> right. And, you know, and they understand that they understand those issues. Um, yeah, man, just being an artist. They understand those issues. Right? Yeah. It's like, these are, these are really hard, 
really hard things. And like, oh man, you know, this yellow ochre just this yellow ochre when you when you tint it up with white, it's just too warm. I need I needed a different brand. You know, do you have a yellow ochre that that cools down more when you tint it up? It's just stuff like that just kind of runs through my head all the time. <laughs> hey, I, <laughs> hey Greg, I wanted to ask you um I wanted to I wanted to ask you uh uh the the big question because I want to make sure like Uh-oh. I don't forget to ask it. Uh which uh, which is just why is there something rather than nothing or is baseball a game of something or baseball is a game of nothing? I don't know. Oh man. Wow. That's a hard, that's a really hard question too. Um, I mean, you know, the game, uh, baseball is, it, you know, it's us, it's, it's, it's humans, you know, it's us doing what we do, playing games. I mean, the idea of, of playing a game with a ball or a bat and a ball has been around, you know, since, uh, you know, at least ancient Egyptian times. Um, it's, you know, it's like for some people, it's kind of a, a life and death or life or death thing. Um, but at the same time, it's just a game. And in the grand scheme of things, it doesn't mean anything. <laughs> um, so it's it's weird. I feel like it kind of, it can straddle both sides in a way uh, in that, you know, you look at the history of the game and you kind of, uh, you kind of see how it parallels like the history of our country. You know, you see the, the parallels of, 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 you know, the rise of different cities and, and how, how how that mimics the rise of of teams in those cities and you know the integration of baseball kind of being you know the precursor to the civil rights movement uh uh you know the the idea of of labor uh, you know labor disputes you know among workers and management you know that that's a part of baseball too it's it's i, I guess it's both it's both everything and you know again nothing because it's <laughs> game so no i know one of the things i find uh and i brought up in the baseball episodes uh before when i have some guests who you know uh are uh, involved in baseball is uh you know the kind of idea of like the american frustration with the wrong approach of expecting baseball to be like fast or something that it's just not Uh, yeah structure it's structurally not set up to be something that american consumers need right now but you know so there's this tension but they're also the different type of approach that you might see in japanese baseball or a, a different way of interacting with it where i've read books about kind of philosophy of like of of taoism of like there is really not that much going on right all the downtime all the hanging out before the game after game batting practice and then you know a few moments of this and that you know happen and so there's a it's kind of like how you go to the game and what you expect from it is gonna affect your experience because if you're expecting something you might not be getting as much something as you wanted yeah yeah and you know that's the thing that i think baseball is having a real problem with now uh you know just as you mentioned you know the pace of the game is such a big turnoff to a lot of people and you know the excitement of say football or basketball that's not 
baseball, I think baseball is even more exciting than those games, but it's not exciting in the same way. So I think that, uh, I, I think that, yeah, it just, it kind of depends on the person and, and what it is that they want from the game. And, you know, nowadays, you know, the way that uh, media is disseminated, you know, everything is quick, 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 quick. And, and it's just, it's like a world filled with nothing but sound bites and baseball is a leisurely game. So yeah, it's it definitely, yeah. Fit, yeah. Yeah. Um, maybe that's why it's so exciting because of those tensions. I find it exciting because of those, because uh, of those tensions, because there's tons of baseball history. Like I, I don't like, cause it's steeped in some, you know, highly problematic like american history and there's other parts that i think are just you know fantastic entertaining what i did when i was a kid whatever right. the stories are intriguing and for me with numbers my head's always calculating numbers so that attracts people to baseball because you can figure out batting averages in your head you know the drill so <laughs> yeah I, yeah um uh greg greg i wanted to uh i wanted to uh, let the have you let the audience know like how to come in contact with you, like where to find your, you know, where to find your stuff. I know um, I saw depictions of your work, um, you know, on Instagram, some social media. I know they've been collected in uh, uh, books of sort, but could you tell us about, you know, tell the listeners how to, you know, get in contact, how to find your stuff? Well, I mean, uh, I, you know, I have a website, which is basically, uh, you know, the, the main landing point, I guess, for my work, uh, which is uh, just gregkreinler.com. Basically, if you can spell my name or spell, you know, spell it approximately correctly, then you can find it. Um, but it's, you know, G-R-A-I-G-K-R-E-I-N-D-L-E-R. -E -E uh, and, you know, if you find me, uh, uh, you can find me on social, pretty much on, on every major platform, uh, on Instagram and Facebook and, and Twitter uh, I haven't gotten into TikTok yet. I don't know if that's going to happen, but uh, there's always a chance. There's always a chance I, for yeah, it to happen. There's there's always a chance. I I, I won't I won't rule it out. Um, Good. But that's the yeah, as long as as long as you have a computer and you can you know kind of spell my name right, you can find me somewhere. I think. <laughs> Hopefully, in you know not a too compromising uh, position, but <laughs> <laughs> it's um. No, and, and thanks for, 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 for laying that out there. Um, you know, as I mentioned, uh, I, I saw the paintings you've done and they're striking. They're also connected to, you know, a game I love and uh, players that honestly being, I asked you the question about the Negro Leagues, players being lifted up, heroes in my head when I was a kid and I read about them. And, uh, you know, classic stuff like the Red Sox. I grew up watching the Red Sox and uh, grew up in Pawtucket, Rhode Island, where the AAA team was so it was, it was it was around me a lot and i i just want to tell you i really appreciate um uh your painting and what you create in your art but also the ability for me to kind of like connect to it that way for a love of the game that i have and to you know get into that universe because it's a nice one to go into and spend some time right <laughs> oh thank you yeah i you know the goal I, I used to say that like the goal of connecting baseball and art uh, was kind of, you know, paramount, you know, just the idea that that art doesn't necessarily have to be about, uh, you know, elevated subject matter. Uh, it doesn't have to be 
super conceptual. It can just be, you know, a reflection about uh, a reflection of us and and what we do. Uh, and baseball is something that we do. So yeah. <laughs> I guess that's what's uh, that's what's appealing to me about it. Yeah, I really appreciate I really appreciate that, Greg. It's uh, been an absolute pleasure to chat with you. And um, you know, I I know you've done a lot of great paintings. I'll be strolling, you know thumbing through a lot of the ones um, I haven't seen and, and look forward to uh, what you, you know, the great stuff that you put out. Um, thanks so much for visiting the podcast. Thank you for having me, Ken. I had a lot of fun. All right, great. Take care, Greg. This is Something Rather Than Nothing.